is indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking our news of the day, Ben Carollo, host of Galaxy Brain. And she streams on Twitch as Bleep Blomp Ben. All right, I said it, writer, TYT contributor as well. Should be a great breakdown. Top story of the day, another conservative prolific snitch who has been caught up in a whirlwind of lies, probably led to the arrest of maybe 100 individuals. He was featured, ladies and gentlemen, at the CPAC convention held just a few days ago over the weekend. Let me do this. Let me first take you to the video, here it is. So I, so what I have said repeatedly, I don't know, or did you research this at all before you asked me? I mean, I knew about it, so. Does it mean want, a lot to you? If you wanna talk about it, you can talk about it. Does it mean a lot to you though? Does what mean a lot to you? I mean, is it something you're concerned about? It's what something, I'm, I'm just asking you the question. Okay, I just was curious because I've answered this many times. I see your hand shaking. I see you feel like you're gonna have your gotcha moment with me, obviously. I'm, I'm happy to answer your question. It's just that if it actually means something to you, I would think that you would have researched it a little bit or you know what I'm saying? Because it kind of seems like you're just trying to have this moment with me. Are you going to answer the question? Or are you just going I'm to happy to answer the question. I'm just saying that your motivation is a, it's a little weak, okay. you know, and, and your approach is a little weak. Point taken. And I think that if this actually means something to you, you would have actually researched it. So you're going to answer the question? Absolutely. Every person who took a plea deal on January 6th, as I did, and I think as far as I know, probably 800 of the more than 800 people charged took a plea deal. Every part, part of the plea deal is everyone is required to interview. Since I am a person who's a high profile person, I have high profile friends. Naturally, they wanted to ask questions about my high profile friends. And you snitched on your high profile friends. Let's be very clear about what you did here. So this individual was featured at their conservative convention inside of a fake jail cell. Now remember, he did not really get any jail time, he got 90 days home confinement or or some ridiculous sentence like that. Now, here's what's ironic. I actually had this individual, Brandon Straker, Straker, whatever his name is, on my radio show a couple of years ago. He was a grifter then, gaslighting up and down during the interview. So much so that it was a very unpleasant interview and I kicked him off of my program, okay? Now, I did not know at that time that he was a snitch. I had no idea, but he did. Now, he says he was happy to answer the questions about the information that has been exposed, that he was in fact a cooperating witness against those he proclaimed to be his friends. Now, remember this cat is the founder of the walk away movement where he claimed to be a leftist who was disenfranchised with the left and wanted something new, so he became a Trump humper. What's interesting about this dynamic is that he in fact received a lot of money from the conservative party in order to take this adversarial position to the left. I have more video, here it is. As I have maintained since the beginning, I don't have any knowledge of anybody committing any crimes. I don't believe 
that there was an organized plot from anybody on our side of the aisle to create January 6th. I think that it was a spontaneous riot that broke out. I don't know which side of the aisle initiated it. I have no idea. Did I go in and answer questions? Of course I did. So did every person who took a plea deal. You know who else answered questions? Donald Trump's children. Uh, did you watch the January 6th hearings? These are, you're very, yeah. Did you see Ivanka Trump answering questions about her father? She provided information about Donald Trump. Are you mad at her? I, I didn't say I was mad at you. I just want to know if you're talking about that. I know, but I see the way you're coming over here, and you're, you're going to have your moment. You're going to really let me, you know, and I'm just like, come on, we, we need to think a little bit. So do you want to tell people what you told the DOJ? Do I want to share the information that I shared with the DOJ? No. no. Hell no. <laughs> Why would he want to share the snitching? I mean, the information he provided to the Department of Justice. Now, here's the thing, Brandon. Let's be adults about the conversation. You received a light sentence because you, in fact, told on your friends. You gave them information. It has been exposed in the revelation of your sealed documents. Here's the other thing. You know the federal judge that accepted your plea deal? Well, that federal judge has now said to prosecutors, um, I assume you all are going to file a motion to reconsider his plea, since now he's basically saying that what he told you was not true. Not only in this conversation that you just saw, but in other correspondence, it seems as if he's proclaiming now that the information he provided to the prosecutors was in fact materially inaccurate, which is a no-no. So he may be going back to jail. Okay, really interesting stuff. Um, now, this was the exhibit that got people to throw money at him at this conservative convention. Here it is. Brother, there are better ways to get money on these streets. Okay, so he does this performative art as they are calling it. But you have to remember the entire Republican movement, the entire conservative party is based on performative politics and not actually substantive politics. So it does not surprise me that they had this performance at their little convention. Marjorie Taylor Greene showed up, here's a pic of that. There she is, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's on her knees praying to white Jesus for a fake inmate. 
Okay, let me give you background. The CPAC booth organized by a convicted January 6th terrorist was set up as a mock prison cell in which the man was pretending to cry while attendees were made to hear testimony from Capitol terrorist. Okay, that gives you some background. The booth was set up as a mock prison cell inside of which a man in an orange jumpsuit was seen crying. Viewers were given headsets and played the courtroom testimony of January 6th insurrectionist. Freelance journalist Laura Jadid, who spotted the booth, described it as being like a silent disco. But instead of dancing, you stand around and watch this guy cry. A spokesperson for CPAC told BuzzFeed News that the booth was run by pro-Trump walkaway campaign founded by right winger, a right wing influencer, Brandon Straka. So you see what it is, right? It's not difficult to understand what he's attempting to do here to spin the narrative away from him. Brandon Straka, who was scheduled to speak at the CPAC convention and whom some journalists speculated to be the man inside the cell, we've confirmed that was convicted earlier this year for his role in the January 6th insurrection and has been revealed as a snitch and a traitor for cooperating with the FBI in exchange for a plea deal. Here's what's interesting, he's spinning a narrative that says somehow he was, I guess, forced or mandated in order to take a plea deal. No, he was allowed the opportunity to remain silent. He actually had the right to remain silent. And unlike many of those who were convicted or pleaded guilty, Brandon actually has access to a significant amount of money in order to defend himself in a court of law. So if he wanted to defend himself because he believes he is in fact innocent, he could have done so, but he decided not to. If he wanted to remain silent and not become a cooperating witness for the federal government, he could have done so. That's your constitutional right under due process. He chose to relinquish those rights, he chose not to engage in an actual judicial bout with the Justice Department, pleaded guilty, told on his friends, and now he's trying to spin the narrative. No surprise, not to me. All right, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, this is just hilarious in like six different layers. Because first and foremost, I mean, what do you expect? Like, look, if you're a right winger and you were one of the people that thought that January 6th was a good idea, like, what were, what were you expecting? What were you expecting? The whole movement is based off of this just shameless self interest and greed and bigotry. It is all about me, me, me. You know, I won't wear a mask because I don't want to be a decent person and maybe keep the community safe from things like coronavirus. And then there's the other layer to it where they're trying to paint the, the, the people as like political prisoners, right? They're trying to paint the people that are in prison because of their role in January 6th as some sort of like victim in all of this. When like the reality is like right wingers in the United States, literally Richard Nixon's former advisor came out and said pretty explicitly that the whole purpose of the war on drugs was to target the political opponents of the Republicans and to throw them in jail. Right, And so we actually have people in the United States who could make a pretty strong case that they're political prisoners for real. And these people are angry <laughs> that they're you know, facing any type of consequence for their own actions. Which 
really I think is at the heart of the Republican Party and the heart of this January 6th insurrection where it's just people who are trying to violently defend their right to not face any consequences for their own actions. Very well said. Let me provide an update to a story we reported on a few days ago. An entire police department has now been disbanded in Alabama due to racist text messages between members of law enforcement. Let me bring you to a small town in Alabama. They are disbanding, all right? All of their police confirmed that the police chief, who is Chief James Shrigley and Assistant Chief John L. Goss, they have been dismissed. The only remaining officer employed at this small three person police department was Officer Lee Carden, who resigned later that night. This is a reminder of the text in question. One cop says, what do y'all call a pregnant slave? Question mark, two question marks, BOGO, buy one, get one free. After the disbanding of the city's police department, city leaders are currently working on a contract with the Shelby County Sheriff's Office who will provide a full-time deputy to patrol the community. However, resident Robert Franklin is critical of the idea. People tend to care more if they know you and that's one of the things that's concerning to the people of this area, Franklin replied. We would like to have our own officers that we know that care about our town, not just the job because they work for the county. Okay, so it's really interesting because we had a similar story, but it was a fire department we reported on last week that decided to not renew their contract because the fire chief was racist. And we had another story we reported a little while ago where a police force, an entire police force resigned because an African American female was put in charge of the city. Now, here's what I'm going to say and something I offered the first time. The first time when we saw an entire police division decide to quit because of leadership. Uh, Don't beg them back, stick to your guns, no pun intended. Because you get an opportunity to start over with a clean slate. And I'm not totally adversarial to the uh, temporary remedy of maybe having a deputy patrol the area until you can replenish your entire police force and bring in progressive good police officers who give a damn about your community, who serve from a place of humanity rather than a place of policing. Remember the idea was public safety, public safety is a humanitarian dynamic, policing is not. So you now have the opportunity in Vincent, Alabama to bring on police officers who care deeply about the soil that you all reside upon. Don't think this is a bad thing. This is one of the greatest things that could have happened to your city. You got rid of basically three racist cops, two racist cops communicating with each other. And then the third one resigned because I don't know, maybe he liked the racist supervision. So yes, good thing for Vincent, not a bad thing. So let's make it happen. All right, thoughts on this.
Yeah, I mean, really, like this is an opportunity, and it should be seen as an opportunity, right? Because we there's there's a chance for a clean slate, and it's not even really a big police department. And this is where I think one of the things that they should really consider is maybe one of those three positions doesn't even necessarily necessarily need to be like a police officer per se. Maybe it could be like a paramedic or some type of like you know like social worker, somebody that could actually be more useful in different situations that don't require an armed response. Because most of what police officers are called for, most, the overwhelming majority of calls do not require somebody with a gun to be present. And so really they could be taking this as an opportunity. They should like they should feel lucky that now they don't have any racists working for the police department. Granted, they don't have anybody working for it, but this is an opportunity more than That's anything right. else. Very well said. Very well said. Okay. Police on police crime. This one ended in a fatality. Put up the picture of the retired lieutenant who decided to shoot and kill a DC cop. Let me give you background to this. You're looking at 58 year old ex officer Jesse Porter. Jesse Porter, who conducted training courses for officers as a private contractor. Okay, let's put up the picture of a 25 year old woman. Okay. Her name is Marisa Mannion, a special police officer and mother of a four-year-old son who was shot dead. Here's what happened. The shooting of this special police officer during a baton training exercise at a DC library came as the group of trainees had gathered to take a picture and were joking around. According to court documents, this young lady, 25 years of age, interrupted the picture taking to remove her face mask. Her classmates teased her and then the instructor, let's put his picture back up quickly. The instructor, 58 year old Jesse Porter, pulled his gun from his holster and shot her in the chest. That's according to surveillance video of the incident described in the documents. Now, what happened after this? The 25-year-old female officer was rushed to the hospital where she later was pronounced dead. She had been on the force for less than a year. Sources say that Porter mistakenly drew a pistol instead of a prop gun to illustrate how quickly it could be done and accidentally fired the shot. Witnesses said Porter had a brightly colored training gun, a replica in his holster until the time of the shooting. Metropolitan Police Chief Robert Conti said it was unclear why Porter had live ammunition in his gun during the damn training exercise, which was against protocol, okay? After Porter discharged the gun, a witness reported him asking, I thought I had my training gun. Porter told the first police officer who responded to the library on Thursday afternoon, why did I do this? Is she okay? No, she's not okay. So you shot in the chest, all right? Um, Jesse Porter, 58, has now been charged with one count of involuntary manslaughter, one count of negligence while holding a loaded firearm in the death of the officer. And put up his picture again, because I'm gonna remind you of something. You do realize, 
that there are multiple cops right now who are free. And they said, "Oh my goodness, I accidentally discharged my firearm. I thought I had a taser." Okay? These cops shot unarmed black people in the back typically or unarmed black people who were actually in handcuffs and they claim, "Oh my goodness, I thought I had my taser." Well, they didn't get arrested. Many of them face no justice whatsoever. It was classified, categorized as an on-duty mistake. Unfortunate, brutal, sad, but not criminal. However, they figured out a way to lock his black ass up quickly. Don't think for one moment that him being African American played no weight on him going to jail immediately after this shooting. He said it was an accident. It may have been an accident, I doubt it. Even if it is an accident, it's gross negligence. Which means if you didn't have the intent, you knew good and damn well, sir, that all of the protocols you violated could have led to injury or death of somebody there. That's why these protocols are in place. Now this woman was a new mother. This woman had a bright career in front of her. And based on every narrative available, she was one of the good ones. She was a good cop, a good cop who's now dead. All right. Yeah, I mean, there's so many stories over the past year where like, there's like so many different training incidents where there are problems. I mean, literally like, um, oh shoot, I forgot his name. And this is really, really terrible, but like in Minneapolis, um, the person who was killed for having a like green like air freshener in his car was That's killed right. during a training a training uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> on a training run. And there's so many instances where stuff like this happens during training where these police officers are just incredibly reckless. And to me, it speaks to really teaching people to be reckless. It, it, it because, in most other countries where police officers do have firearms, typically they will have to call in to some sort of central office to say that they're using a firearm and explain why. And the reason for that is really simple because it's actually dangerous to just have firearms laying around. And if even if you're doing training, there needs to be strict protocols so that accidents don't happen because we realize that with firearms, the risk is so grave. And ultimately, it is just like shameful that the United States is so cavalier with guns. The mentality of treating guns like toys is very pervasive within not only the general society of the United States, but also the police forces. And it puts people in these dangerous situations where, you know, this police officer can claim that this situation was an accident. It seems like a really weird and specific accident because it wasn't even like an exercise where they were, they weren't even in the middle of like an exercise that right. should have had guns. It seemed like they were like, in a moment of taking a picture and it was just everything about this is just like very very strange and it's just yeah. deeply deeply upsetting it's it's at least gross negligence which is criminal at least that if nothing else and listen at this point we have police officers being from all over the country they now get in touch with us at indisputable trying to highlight corruption in their own police department i have multiple cases that I'm working right now to expose. And I try to highlight a dynamic here, especially for police officers who are people of color, for police officers who are women. 
this industry, they don't give a damn about you. They really don't. And until you stand up and transform the culture, this kind of anti-blackness will continue to permeate. You can't believe that just because you put on that blue uniform that somehow you're now part of the white supremacy power structure, you are not, they tolerate you. They allow you to remain for a period of time. But I guarantee you when the rubber hits the road, you will be treated differently as well. So you need to always be aware of that. I do these pieces to highlight contrast and provide education to the industry that cops are part of. Because we got some good people in policing, they simply have to get in positions of leadership or you gotta get out of it and become an active critic in order for that industry to survive. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. We have, and don't forget, don't forget, don't forget the watch list. So make the watch list part of your watch list. Join the big home of Jared Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. You can watch live and follow at facebook.com forward slash watch list TYT. Also subscribe, youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. Let me read some of the comments. I am Sox says, please visit the CPAC Hall of Professional Victims. Next TYT reporter, a real gun would be distinctly heavier than a prop gun. And it's a different color. It's just, it's, it's, as Ben said, all of this is weird as hell, right? All of it is. Uh, the trigger mechanism is even different. All right, YouTube, Mary Smith, he sounds off his own, he sounds high off his own supply of clownish. Talking about the guy with very powerful friends. The influencer, uh, Candace DeLeo, um, reconstruct all these goofy racist police departments. There you go. Uh, Noli D says, why wasn't it safety on? Agnostic sister, Doc smelled a rat way back when. I smelled something, just something wasn't right about the fella. I didn't know he was operating in the spirit of snitch. I didn't know that, all right? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, got something for you. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Okay, that's not it, I have more video. Now accidents happen, okay? Things go south in vehicles sometimes. Typically when it is your fault, you do not start attacking individuals who watched you get into an accident, but not Karen's. Here it is. Hi, you're done, you can stop. 
Once again, a cackle of Karens. What happens when a group of Karens come together? Exactly what you saw. Now, it's clear they did something wrong here. The driver ran into a store. Nine times out of 10, that's going to be your fault unless the store is magically moving in front of the vehicle while it is rolling, okay? So that didn't happen. Now, let's put up one of the graphics here, full mass. Okay, um, the Karens at this point are literally arguing with the guy who simply witnessed them commit a crime. They ran into a store and instead of saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Was there somebody in the store that you were waiting on? Are they okay? Is there anything I can do to help? They get upset at the individual recording and they tell him you can stop. Well, Karens, you all can stop trying to commit vehicular homicide, but he didn't say that. He said, listen, I have a right to be here and I'm going to be here. And now you are approaching me. Uh, being the Karenicity obviously runs deep here. And they really do as the individual said, you got other things to worry about right now. Why in the world would you be in that kind of tragedy? Like that's a tragedy. I don't give a damn how you chop it up. You're in the middle of a tragedy and you're concerned about a person lawfully recording on the side of this tragedy. Help me understand this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like to some degree, I get it, right? If you mess up in such a big way, you aren't going to want people to like put it on the internet. But think about it for like a second. People are, might be willing to empathize with you a little bit of like, yeah, maybe you thought your foot was on the brake, but it was on the gas. You messed up. You know, everybody messes up sometimes. I mean, not in like that way, but you know, we understand. But when you see somebody filming you and you're like, oh no, I'm gonna be TikTok famous, you won't be. Don't worry. It's not an interesting video unless you turn around and get angry at them for simply recording your mistake, right? If you're just a grown adult person and you apologize and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna have to sit here for a while. I'm gonna have to wait till the insurance company figures things out. We're gonna have to like, you know, it's a whole mess, right? Like yeah, that's annoying, it sucks, but also actions have consequences. But you can make the consequences better by working with the systems that are meant to deal with those consequences, or you can make the consequences worse by getting angry at anybody that's trying to film you in the process. You make such a great point because the segment is I wish a Karen would. We're not covering the segment because of the accident. Accidents happen, I've been in there myself. 
were covering it because of what they did after the accident. So literally they made this a story by their own actions. Okay, once again, we are a mirror. We provide opportunity for reflection and correction. And I got something for everybody, anti-Karens unite. You scream at an employee's Walmart, get out of here. That's racist. Yes it is. No it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. Don't come over here and get up in my face and try to get confrontational with me, okay? So why don't you turn around and go back where you came from? I'm right here. Well, I don't like you right here, and I didn't ask you to come over here. So is there anything else you needed? No. Then turn around and go about your way. I'm not going to turn around and go away. Well, I guess neither am I then. You want to have an argument? We'll have an argument. Am I being ridiculous? No, I think you were being ridiculous, and now you're getting your ass called out. So now you want to keep going. You don't know when to shut the up. I simply asked you if you had a problem with And I told you what my problem was. You want to keep going? Because I can have a long list of problems. Again, I told you where you take it up. And I told you where you can go. Have a nice day. You too. Got him. These are different area cops according to the narrative here. We have not been able to independently confirm the identity of the particular officer or officers who were present during this. But it's worthy to highlight that this woman told them what they were going to do. She said, you're gonna turn around. You're gonna walk away. He said, no, I'm not. She said, yes, you are. And proceeded to make the man turn around and walk away. Now, remember, obviously she has committed no criminal action, which means there's no necessity for law enforcement engagement. And he was aware of that. But I have to wonder if this would have been anybody other than her, would the results have been the same? Let's say if I was arguing with this officer and his buddies were in the background, and I told him, you need to turn your ass around and walk away from me. Would he have the same response to me as he had to this woman in front of him? I would say probably not, okay? It is interesting. He did his best to hold on to the little power that he had. He was trying to be intimidating, trying to be adversarial. But in the end of the day, he did walk away with all of his little cop buddies who in the background, who obviously did not want any of that smoke. This is a highlight in anti-Karenicity. Ben, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Watching that video, my heart was racing. I was like terrified of like, because like we know how cop videos like turn out, right? <laughs> like that's like half of the stuff we cover on, on Indisputable here, right? So like that was like terrifying, but it's also like, I know, yeah, like if, if you're a police officer, right, you should understand who you are and you shouldn't be in a space where you're not welcome or wanted because you're just gonna put people on edge. And it's just so wild to compare this to like, so I was in the military, I was stationed in Germany for like four years. And in Germany, their police, it's so wild. 
they stay at the station until they're called for and then they show up. And then when they're done, they just go back to the station. They don't really depend on regular patrols, which means that police just typically aren't in spaces where they're not asked to be explicitly. And this kind of thing, believe it or not, doesn't really happen there. Big surprise, I know. And it turns out that Germany isn't crumbling or burning to the ground because of all the anarchy and chaos. It actually is a bit safer and the police officers don't kill random innocent people. So that really, I think, is at like the heart of this. So it's nice to see people like stand up and say, hey, what are you doing here? But also at the same time, uh, it is pretty terrifying because not everybody can do that. I think we yeah. all know that if it was anybody other than a white woman in that situation, it would be a completely different story. Oh, for sure. All right, we got more on the other side. Is indisputable? Stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments. Lynn says, I'm familiar with clown cars, but a Karen car is a new one. Or maybe they're the same thing. Cena Hogeboom, uh, wow, she just pulled out the whole white car catalog. <laughs> Talking about the anti-Karen. Uh, let me give a big shout out, a birthday shout out to my dear brother and friend, Dave Schmidt, who is usually watches us on Twitch. I've been mentoring uh, this young dynamic brother who has continued to increase his prowess as a progressive leader, uh, continuing to influence others to truth, all right? Big ups to you. Um, I think your birthday was technically yesterday, but we're celebrating you today, my dear brother. And I also wanna say, uh, David is so connected to serving humanity. And after everything is said and done, this whole dynamic, everything that we do while we're journeying on earth, is about connecting to humanity, that's what it's about. It's about love, it's about compassion, it's about connecting with the coalition of others. We are all part of the same and I'm thankful for people like David, all right? So big ups to you, my friend. Okay, very sad story, Mississippi trooper decides to physically assault a handcuffed black male and then proceed to arrest individuals who are recording this assault, all right? There's a viral video from Macomb, Mississippi. It shows a Mississippi Highway Patrol officer beating a handcuffed suspect on the side of the road. Here's the first video. This man just got to jumping on this man while he was in the car, y'all. Yeah, you in the, we, we, we looking at you choke the man. That's why you told us to stop. We looking at you choke the man. We we gonna stay back, but we gonna record you. We gonna record you. We wanna know why you was in that car. But we gonna, we wanna know why you was in the car jumping on him. We wanna know why you was in the car jumping on him. We wanna know why you was in the car jumping on him. Just wait, man. Don't grab my man. Don't don't do that, bro. Hey, I got him on live. I got him on live. I got his ass on live. I got his ass on live. He got, he got a handcuff, man. He you see, you ain't had no business jumping on him. You ain't had no business jumping on him. Look at this. Look at this, man. Look at this, y'all. Look at this. 
He got again. He got on handcuffs. He got on handcuffs. He got on handcuffs. He got on handcuffs. Yeah, bitch. We got. We don't care. You need to be gone. You need to be gone. Here's Sam. I have more video and more egregious activity from the police. The individual they were assaulting, his name is Eugene Lewis. Eugene Lewis was in handcuffs, okay? And individuals standing by were recording. These were his brothers. There was a back and forth between law enforcement and the brothers. Here it is. Hey, you remember John Floyd? That's how John Floyd died right there. Hey, he, he got handcuffs on him. You was in the you was in the car jumping on him. You in the car jumping on him. You you shut up. Ain't no shut up. We don't give a damn. You do with just in the back seat beating him up. Man, take us to jail. Take us to jail. We we don't mind going to jail, but this ain't right. We just caught the, we just caught the state trooper in the back seat. He ran us off. He was in the back seat beating him up. You You done throw him down, now he gotta get up. Get on, let the man break your wrist, man. The man trying to hurt you, bro. He gotta be the police car when he came. Look at this. He kneeing him, he kicking him, he kicking him, man. The men who decided to stay are good men. They knew what they were sacrificing potentially by remaining there. The officer said, y'all going to jail. No criminal activity had taken place between those recording and the police. They stayed far back and engaged in recording, which they are legally allowed to do in the state of Mississippi. According to the men, they actually caught this particular Mississippi state trooper beating up their brother in the back seat of the vehicle. And they decided to start recording. They wanted to know why, why was this happening? Why would they engage in this kind of criminal activity? The officer then proceeds to tell them, you better leave basically. You better leave because if you're here when the cops show up, you're going to jail. He wanted them to be gone. He wanted them to exit the area. He wanted them to shut up about what they saw. They said, we're okay with going to jail. We're okay, we're not going anywhere. We don't care if the cops are coming, we're gonna wait on them. The scene continues with a white bystander taking the side of the officer before the officer starts to approach the brothers. Here it is. What you asking? You said what you need me to help He's you do? Police officer, bro. So I don't know him, but you don't. Call him. He jumping on our brother. Somebody jumping on you. I'm just standing here. It's bro. our brother. I done nothing. If somebody. But he right asked you to leave now, time. Yelling at me. Man. No, hey, we we still got you. So we don't care. For what? For what? For what? For what? We ain't doing nothing. For what? We ain't doing nothing. For what? For recording you. For recording you. No, sir. For you going to jail? I tell you right now, y'all still here when these other folks get here. Y'all We don't. We don't. We wait. We wait. We wait on the police. We gonna show this video. We ain't. This ain't. Don't act like we try to jump on you. We record what you're doing. We record what you're doing. All we doing, record what you're doing. You going first? 
We waiting on them. This is so damn sad. They are engaged in legal behavior. Recording a public official, recording a cop is 100% legal in the state of Mississippi. But these cops wanted to put them in their place. A white male bystander starts to interfere and he's not told to get back in his car. The white male bystander is not told to be quiet, he's escalating things. The white male bystander is not told, listen, you need to stop because this is not making things better. He was allowed to walk freely, to proceed to go up and down that street freely with absolutely no rebuttal from law enforcement. I have more. Once again, let's put up the picture of the man they assaulted, Mr. Eugene Lewis. Okay. <clears throat> Eugene told WJTV he didn't know what would happen, would have happened to his, uh, had his brother Packer not Facebook live streamed the incident. He said the officer first pulled him over for allegedly doing 35 in a 30. I can't never let this go, he said. I ain't did nothing to him. I know this same white guy would do another black guy like that. The video runs a little more than five minutes. Packer and Darius Lewis, Eugene's brothers, can be heard in the background narrating the officer's actions and exchanging words from time to time. From the video, the two stay back away from the officer and their brother, but they refuse to budge, right? They stay far enough away not to interfere with the investigation, which is the criminal dynamic. They stay far away. No criminal act has taken place. All three brothers were arrested. Let's put up a picture of Packer Lewis. Packer Lewis, the man you're looking at, took to Facebook following his release from jail. In a post, he said, quote, we don't need officers here to protect and serve like this trooper. I stayed in jail for a couple of days for absolutely nothing. Sad, but it's the world we live in. Mayor Lockley confirmed the incident involved a Mississippi Highway Patrol officer. Put up a picture of the mayor. Now, according to the mayor, because this incident involved a state employee, he is letting the state handle the investigation. Cop out, Mayor Lockley, because you have what's called concurrent jurisdiction for your investigative authorities to also investigate what happened in your city. Because the people who elected you and the info and the people you appointed to enforce the law, they have jurisdiction here to investigate what happened. But you are copying out. Although outside of his jurisdiction, he wanted assurances it would be investigated. He said, "Quote: This is alarming that some that something like this would happen within the city limits of Macomb. Macomb. And remember, once again, because it happened within the city limits, he has concurrent jurisdiction to launch an investigation. He is choosing not to. So while the narrative is is outside of his jurisdiction, jurisdiction by way of employment." The employment is outside of his jurisdiction, but the activity of the cop is not. Colonel Randy Jen, director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol, has put up his picture. So, old Colonel Jen here, who's also the assistant commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety, oversees the Bureau of Investigation. 
both the Internal Affairs and the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations are investigating the incident. The assaulting officer remains unidentified intentionally by law enforcement. Now, I want you to remember the white male bystander who just got out of his car, decided to get himself involved and received absolutely no rebuttal from law enforcement. You see, white men in particular, they feel empowered to come against black males, especially if they are in a conflict with law enforcement. Not to stay out of it, not to be thoughtful about their engagement, but to literally come after black people as if it is open season on black men who may have an engagement or encounter with law enforcement. Let me show you a video of a civilian who decides to kneel on the back of a man who's already pinned down by the police. What do you think this attitude comes from? What do you think this sentiment comes from? It comes from this notion that somehow white men and police departments are basically empowered to be antithetical to black lives. What other excuse is there? What other reasoning, what other conclusion can you come to? All right, um, this happened at the Broadway Lafayette street stop. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, this really speaks to something that's really important. So like we, I'll contextualize this with data. In Tennessee, Mississippi and Alabama, somewhere between eight and 10% of the entire voting age population, the entire voting age population is denied the right to vote due to felony like voting laws, due to felony voting laws and current incarceration. That is not a mistake. That is not a mistake. When people think of southern states, they often think of a lot of racists. But what we really need to think of is the brutal repression of black folks in those states and the explicit aim from the government to enact an extreme amount of violence and disenfranchise people from the political process entirely. Very well said. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Uh, let me say thank you to Denise, Marcella, Ivy. Welcome to Indisputable, thank you for joining. You can join the YouTube page, you can become a member of Indisputable. So you can go from subscriber to member, just hit that join button. There are multiple levels, would love for you and I to engage even more so. All right. A story we brought you when it first happened, and I said then it did not make sense. Young Brianna Greer in the state of Georgia was traveling in the back seat of a deputy squad car. Somehow handcuffed, going through a mental health episode, she ends up dying from falling out of the car, according to the official story from the sheriff's office. Let me bring you the update to the disturbing body cam footage that has now been released. Here are the moments.
I'm not drunk. I haven't had anything to drink. Come on, you're gonna be totally, totally drunk. Come on. I haven't had anything. I can to, it on you. No, you you can give me give me all. Bring your breathalyzer. Bring out 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 your breathalyzer. Now you can get charged. Get out of me! Now you can get charged. Oh, she's slipping out. Oh. Brown, you don't walk. Grab her. Get out of me! I ain't broke no law. I ain't broke no law. Get out of me. I bet you I hate myself as soon as I get in there. I bet you I hang myself as soon as I get enough. You know, okay. It's more the way one way to kill yourself. I know what you told me. It's more the one way to kill yourself. Yeah. Ronnie, get up and walk. No. Yeah, you better knock me out. And I got a, I got, I got a flea that's sitting in my heart. Uh, uh, Come on, bro. No, why my brother? I know how to get up, bro. Save me. You can save me. You can save me. I don't care. I don't care. Get up. I don't care. 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 Ain't nobody gonna tell you. I don't care. 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 Put up a picture. I have more video. I want to remind you that this was a 911 call for a mental health emergency. She was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Her parents that called the police, they were hoping that she would receive medical attention, not be arrested. They simply wanted her to have a healthy opportunity to heal. That's it. They never wanted her to go to jail. They never reported a criminal incident. They reported a mental health issue. And everyone responded, but a mental health professional. She was found alongside the road where officers attempted to wake her. Here's that video. Brown. Brown. That shit uh, unlocked by itself. Don't call Emily. She's still breathing. Go yeah. ahead. Show you something. Go. She getting up. She alright. Sit up. Sit up. Sit up. Sit up. Go ahead. Sit up. Take the cuffs off. Sit her up. Sit up. Sit up, Brianna. You alright? You got some water. Uh, no, yeah, no. I think she jump at the car, don't go be unlocked in the back. She then she just do a report. She can't. Careful, yeah, she can. She can see my thing. She just doubts on which car. How your back door open? But that's really right to report them. Just say, you know, like you said, you got it. Back door open. We're going to trust, you know. But uh, we good. Brianna, 
Brianna, come on, this is Deputy Prime. Come on. I ain't got nothing to call no water. No Don't worry about it. She fine. Oh, I got a little bit. Hold it. Hold it right here. Hold it right here. I got a little bit. I just give up. Broom. Broom. These sick SOBs are already coming up with their cover story. They are insensitive to the reality of her mental health condition. They never should have been the ones responding to this in the first damn place. She gets airlifted to Grady Hospital, which is miles away from Sparta, Georgia. She's dead. Question still loom. We saw a woman going through a mental health crisis handcuffed, being thrown into a police car by insensitive, negligent deputies. So all of a sudden, back doors of police cars are allowed to be opened from the back seat. Did you provide a setting change that allowed this to happen? Did you not close the door when you took off intentionally? I have questions. Why is she dead? Put up a picture again. Why does she look like this days later? The video released by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation comes days after the agency found that police did not close the car door that Brianna Greer, 28 years of age, fell from while in handcuffs. You do understand that once she was arrested, once she was arrested, she was then in the care of that deputy, in the care of that sheriff's office. There's more. The footage released by the GBI shows Greer yelling at the officers arresting her, insisting she is not drunk and saying, I ain't broke no law and get off me. You see, if I don't hang myself when I get in there, she said while cops, one of whom had activated his stun gun, took her into custody. According to the GBI investigation, cops then opened the rear doors of the car to put Greer, a mother of two, in the back seat. The deputies closed. Uh, the rear driver's side door, the investigation shows that the deputy thought he closed the rear passenger side door. The report says the police did not put her seatbelt on, the investigation revealed. They had multiple violations dealing with an individual who was already going through a severe mental health crisis and they did not give a damn. Her life wasn't valuable. Hell, when she was basically on the side of the road then, they're figuring out how to cover their asses. The GBI said the deputies left the scene and drove a short distance during which Greer must have fallen out of the car. Agents have concluded that the rear passenger side of the patrol car near where Greer was sitting was never closed. The GBI statement said officers found Greer face down on the side of the road non-responsive, this investigation remains open to this very moment. We brought you this on day one. We said on day one, none of this adds up. The elected sheriff went to the grandparents and informed them that their daughter, their granddaughter was being airlifted to the hospital 
because they called 911 trying to get their baby help. They wanted their child to be helped. And now they have to deal with the guilt of knowing that that 911 call led to the death of their baby. Now two children have no mother. Being thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, everything about this was a failure. Everything about this was wrong. Like, I, I, I don't even know where to start because everything about this is wrong. So I guess I'll start at the very beginning. There are countless people in the United States of America that are working in care home facilities for people with severe mental illnesses who respond to situations like this on a daily basis. That's and right. they don't kill people. We don't hear stories about them killing people. My mom used to work in that field, right? And somehow she wasn't running around killing people like these cops are. And those people make very near minimum wage. Meanwhile, these police officers typically get typically get really great pension and benefits and all these things. Why can't we give these people a decent wage who actually know how to respond to this and actually let them be the ones responding to this? And it's just it's just so so infuriating on that level. And then like not closing the door, like not closing the door. Are you serious? You have one like you have one job, and that job is to make sure that that person doesn't die in custody. Literally the lowest possible bar. You can't even close a door on a car. Excuse me, are you kidding me? And then the way that they were handling her when she had fell, right? Obviously, if somebody fell, falls out of a car, you're gonna suspect some sort of spine injury, especially if their hands are handcuffed behind their back. And the way they were like, the way they were handling her just seemed like very, very reckless. They should have immediately called like like an EMT or something. Like yeah. every every single detail about this was wrong. And it's so infuriating because it's it's somebody's life. And the most infuriating part is the fact that our society does not provide people to call somebody, just to call somebody that's not a police officer that will put their lives at risk. That's right. They concluded that she was a criminal, not a patient. They decided to engage in reckless conduct. They should be charged with at least negligent murder, negligent homicide, involuntary manslaughter, etc. I'm calling for the arrest of these officers, a proper investigation should be done by the local jurisdiction and the state jurisdiction and hopefully the DOJ. All right, predator teacher, predator teacher gets 60 days, 60 days for sexually assaulting a student for three years from 13 to 16 years of age, 60 days. Let's put up a picture full of mass here. Her name is Marka Bodine. Miss Bodine is a former teacher who does not have to begin her sentence until next year because she just had a baby, a judge ruled. This former Texas school teacher has been sentenced to 60 days in prison for sexually assaulting a student for three years, beginning when he was only 13 years of age. Miss Bodine, who had taught the sixth grade will not have to begin serving time until next year because she just had a child and the judge was sympathetic about her giving birth. The infant's father is not the child in question, according to Bodine's attorney. The 32 year old woman had pleaded guilty earlier this year to aggravated sexual abuse of a child under 14. She was sentenced on Tuesday. Harris County Judge Greg Glass, let's put his picture up, ordered Miss Bodine to serve 10 years probation and she must register as a sex offender and undergo therapy. 
Now, let me say this about her special treatment. Obviously, her privilege is doing a massive amount of work on her behalf. But let's talk about this judge as well who allowed this ridiculous sentence. This judge is a Democrat and I don't give a damn that he's a Democrat, he's wrong. There was a child victimized for three damn years who would have to go through a lifetime of therapy in order to correct what this monster did to him. And the criminal justice system gets together and they come up with a very cozy, a very cozy and light sentence against this particular teacher. And remember, there are those in the community as well as prosecution saying, why in the world was this sentence so light? Being thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, like, I get it. Yeah, you have sympathy for a mother, and our our, our prison system is brutal. But if if your if your problem is is with our prison system being brutal, do something about that independently of this. You don't need to give somebody just a light sentence because oh, you know, she's like a mom now. Well, guess what, <laughs> right? Guess what? That 13 year old kid had a mom. Why don't you have empathy for her? That's like, right. where's this coming from? It's just so, it's just sickening. It's just absolutely sickening how people are so willing to give like a pass. Cuz 10 years probation, are you, ki- are you kidding me? 10 years of probation. There are people that are in prison on three strikes laws for like life because they were just possessing marijuana. And yep. this is the charge that she's gonna get. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, her actions were calculated, they were criminal, and they lasted for three years. And that's the one we know on record. I do not believe this is the only victim. Okay, always a pleasure, Ben. Tell people how they can check out your great work, follow your great work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Substack at Benjamin Carollo. You can also check out my show Galaxy Brain on the Young Turks Twitch channel every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and on Rebel Headquarters. Thank you, my friend, always a pleasure. We got more on the other side, the bullpen is next, stick and stay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in the bullpen today, we have attorney at law, Kurt Slitster. Retired Colonel, senior columnist, townhall.com. Attorney Kurt, good day, welcome. Oh, great to be here, Dr. Rich. I always appreciate you having me. Well, listen, man, we appreciate you being on the show. I know you just came from um, that remarkable convention known as CPAC. I think you were in uh, Texas. Um, And you have some insight to the conflict or the potential political conflict between Former President Donald Trump and current Florida Governor Ron DeSatan running for president against each other. So, if you would, I don't want to presume what you know or believe about that matchup, potential matchup. Give us your thoughts and then I will opine. I think we're going to see a matchup, and I think that's good. I do not believe that anybody should get a coronation. I do not believe that anybody should get a pass. Look, I like Donald Trump. I like Ron DeSantis too. I was at DeSantis' Sunshine Summit. Uh, I saw him speak for probably the seventh or eighth time. He keeps getting better. Uh, he's very, very popular with the Republican base. Uh, Donald Trump spoke at CPAC. I didn't happen to see that speech, but I've seen him many, many times. He's very popular there. Look, the Republican Party has got to figure out which way it's going. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a crisis. That's not a problem. That's a good thing. 
I want the strongest possible candidate to take on whoever the Democrats put up in 2024. And the way you do that is to go out there and you test the candidates. And that includes uh, the former president, that includes the governor of Florida, includes anybody else who wants to step in. I believe we'll probably see um, Mike Pompeo, Tom, uh, uh, Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton, I think is likely to join in, maybe Rick Scott, also of Florida, maybe Nikki Haley, uh, maybe my personal favorite, Liz Cheney. Um, I'm sorry, I must have broke your uh, sarcasm. Direct, uh, yeah, I, I picked up on that, brother. No, I, I, I'm okay. very excited about it. I think it's good that there's disagreement. I think there's good that there's going to be a conversation. All I think right. that makes the Republican Party stronger, and I, I, I want a strong Republican Party. Let me break down some of the numbers that uh, were illuminated at the latest CPAC convention. Uh, so 69% of the individuals there said Trump is their guy for President of the United States. Um, Ron DeSantis came in second at 24%. And then you had a third guy, Ted Cruz was polling at 2%, 2%. But if you eliminate Donald Trump, all of a sudden DeSantis goes to 65% as the favorite candidate. It is interesting that both of these individuals are talking about running against each other. Typically in a matchup like this where you have a former president and then somebody who's popular in the Republican Party, they're talking about teaming together. They're talking about running president, vice president. That's oh, not the conversation, at least at present. But let me also go to Trump as a, as a force in the political world. Trump presently excites Democrats more than he excites Republicans. He has reached what we call market saturation. According to all of the latest polling, Donald Trump running for president almost guarantees a Democrat will win based on polling. Now I know polling is not prediction. Polling is a snapshot of the current sentiment of the voter that could change like the win. DeSantis does not have that same negative as Donald Trump does, even though his negatives are still obviously very high with moderate and left leaning voters. So how do you reconcile the reality that you all could basically produce a Republican nominee being Trump, who actually animates excitement on the left in ways he does not excite his own base anymore. Well, as usual, Dr. Ritchie, you have put your finger right on it. You, 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 you've gotten the question that Republicans have to face. Look, I think Donald Trump has a ceiling. There are some people who will never be convinced to vote for Donald Trump. But maybe might be convinced to vote for Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley or somebody like that. That that's the reality of Donald Trump, and it doesn't do us as conservatives any good to sugarcoat it. There are people out there who just hate him and will never vote for him, no matter what. Uh, there are other people who love him uh, and really like him. Now, what I now look the CPAC CPAC is a unusual gathering. It is very hardcore Republicans. It is uh, a lot of people who like Trump a whole lot. What I've seen out there is a Republican, the way Republicans feel about Donald Trump, many of them, is we love the guy, but is he the right guy? Remember, it was seven years ago that he came down that escalator. With Trump, you, you, you're you always going to get Donald Trump, the, the, the stuff that's great, in our opinion, and the stuff that's challenging. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't change. So is what happened seven years ago, it was the right answer in 2016, is it the right answer in 2024? And that's the question that a primary, the, the, the voters have to decide during the primary. And okay. it should be them who decide. And I, uh, I, I think Donald Trump is today more likely than not to run. 
All right, Tomorrow, let me ask you a policy question because these candidates, DeSantis and Trump are identical policy wise except for one major issue. And I think DeSantis is going to exploit this. While DeSantis has basically been anti-vaccine from day one, Donald Trump has not. Donald Trump actually has been booed on certain occasions when he has promoted his authority um, as it relates to getting the vaccine confirmed and the vaccine actually works. He said this on Candace Owens show, he said this at rallies and there has been significant pushback. Do you see as a strategy dynamic, Ron DeSantis using that obvious disconnect between Trump and his base as a wedge issue if he decides to advance and run for president of the United States? Well, look, I, I think there's some nuance there that we should okay. understand. Ron, Ron DeSantis is more for uh, lack of a better word, vaccine freedom. He's taken the vaccine. He doesn't. He's not against the vaccine, but he believes that people should be able to choose. Uh, Donald Trump is very personally invested because he oversaw uh, the, the the operation that made this drug in in record time. Uh, to answer your specific question, I don't believe he'll use it as a wedge issue. I think COVID is. Uh, fading okay. as, as an issue. Um, so I what's the difference? I, I have like two minutes left before we end the show today. Uh, attorney, what is the major difference between a Ron DeSantis policy wise, not style, and a former President Donald Trump? That That is a good question. I think in many ways they are both, they're, they're both very similar in policy. Uh, Ron DeSantis is actually taking a the pages out of the Trump playbook by saying, this is what I promise you I do in Florida, this is what I've done. And he can easily start saying, this is what I'll do as president uh, if he decides to run. And I, I think he will, I think this is his window. You remember President uh, Chris Christie, President Mario Cuomo, guys who had an opportunity and didn't take it. Yeah, candidate, uh, I, I candidates, I not president, <laughs> not presidents, candidate, okay. Uh, quickly, we got 60 seconds left. That was a do point. You think, <laughs> do you think Trump is going to announce he's running for president in Florida uh, in order to upstage Governor DeSantis in his own state? Or do you think he would do it in DC? Uh, I think he would do it in Florida, um, be, but but not, it might be to upstage DeSantis. He's gotta be very careful, Dr. Ritchie, very careful because DeSantis is very popular. Among the conservatives, he starts attacking DeSantis. I think that could boomerang. So he's got to walk a very thin line. Okay. Um, you you think a, Donald Trump is going to walk a thin line? So I, I know, right? He's, you know, Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, I like the guy, but he, you know, sometimes he's he's Donald Trump. All right, Kurt, who are you going to vote for uh, if they run Trump or DeSantis? Which one? Oh, my gosh, I want to see how the primary goes. I'd vote for either of them happily. Oh, come on, man. I don't have a I don't have a guy now. Okay, I don't all right. We'll, we'll bring you back at some point in turn. I no, wish we had more time. When I make a decision, you'll be the first to know. That sounds good to me, man. Always a pleasure having you on this. Always studio. a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.